Yeah. Uh, Matt and I were back there, and Jerry Keller texted Matt. Texted, told Brandy. Texted Brandy to tell us. Huh? <laughs> that we forgot to ask are there any first time visitors anybody here for the first time right here good to have you all with us today appreciate you are here with uh, Mike and Kim well you, you, you know a couple of fine people upon their recommendation we'll let you that's stay. actually Kim's cousin that's Kim's cousin from wow. Pensacola, Florida from Pensacola, Florida Trying to get here for 28 years. What route did you take? <laughs> oh, good to have you with us today. Praise God. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, like I said, I hope I didn't bring this down. That was not my intent. But now what I'm about to say will probably bring you down. Don't you hate lying politicians? I'll tell you what. I was watching the, this... Uh, Congressional hopefuls debate over Northeast State the other night, and I promise you, I watched that for a while, and I thought those are the dumbest people we have in, in, in this area to represent us in Congress. Now I know two of them who are definitely crooks. <laughs> I know that, and I can tell you why I know that, but I shall not because it's not my job to influence you. One of them was not there. Yes. Well, now remember, there was two of them out there, so you don't know which one that I know. Huh? What'd she say? Maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe both. Oh, I got you. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm sorry. But in any event, I'll be honest right with you right now, when I go to vote, well, we're not, well, well, Linda, didn't you fill out paperwork we can fill out and I'll have to, to go in there and all that stuff? I'll be honest with you, right now, I don't know who the heck I'd vote for. I, if half the stuff they're telling on each other is true, I wouldn't let them watch my dog. All depends on how many voter forms you get in the mail. All depends on how many voter forms you get in the mail. But I, I tell you what, I've never seen a like in my life. Uh, that, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, if, if you look at it objectively and you listen to all the stuff that's been Throw it out there. Just as soon as I think, well, I, I like pretty much what that guy says. He, he, uh, 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 mainly against abortion and all these things like that, and for Second Amendment rights. I thought that's that's the cat that I'm for. And all of a sudden, they show a video where he's defending uh, common or not common core. Well, Douglas doing common core. Obamacare. Obamacare. Yeah, where he's on there. See, don't call it Obamacare. Whatever you do. Well, you know, you can't deny it. He's on the film doing that, I'm thinking. And then you got uh, the other cat who was Mitt Romney's Treasury Secretary. And, and just, like, a bunch of hypocrites. Have you noticed that, David? Yeah. It just about makes you not want to vote, I'm sure, which we can't do. But I'm thinking, how do you know? How do you know who to vote for? You don't, you don't want to throw your vote away. You want to do the right thing. Well... Trying to, to figure out who to vote for. That's called discernment. Discernment. I get asked all the time by people. I say, look, Big, uh, I had a council session here about a week ago with a fellow. He said, it's not if I would do God's will. 
He said, I knew it in a heartbeat, but I just knew what it was. I said, yeah, I know the feeling. I said, so many times, I said, Lord, I'll be happy to do whatever you want me to do. Could you send me a telegram? So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm barking up the right tree. And there's areas in our lives that sometimes we don't realize if we've made the right decision unless it's retrospect till we look back. And sometimes even the things that may appear to be a mistake work out for good. Have you ever noticed that? That's just like, uh, what was that song? Oh, I'm trying to think we come up with it. Uh, oh, oh, I can't stand it. Garth Brooks. Uh, we're, uh, is to thank God for unanswered prayer. Yes. The words of that song are so true. You know, he had, saw this girl in high school and he thought he'd die. He didn't marry her. He saw her years later and was thanking God. <laughs> if you have your Bibles with you, please turn over to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Did I hear somebody moan when I said I didn't like Garth Brooks? Yeah. Who? Me. <laughs> you know why I don't like him? Huh? I don't know why. Because he chickened out and refused to sing at Trump's inaugural thing. Yeah, he's a big liberal. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I like to pull his cowboy hat down around by his ankles. So I don't care how good they sing. If they're for abortion and all that stuff, I have no use for them. I'm sorry, you can record this and send it to him. <laughs> Hebrews 5, start with verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Take particular note of verse 14. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. To discern both good and evil. May God bless that reading here to our hearts and have a moment's word of prayer. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence. We thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. God, us this evening, everything is said and done. Let, let everything done in this sanctuary be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name, and all of God's children say, Amen. Amen. How do you discern... God's will. God's word tells in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says there's many voices in the world and none are without significance. We also know that in 1 Corinthians 11, God's word says the devil himself can appear as an angel of light. Think about that. The devil himself can appear as an angel of light. God's word tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, try the spirits to see whether they be of God. You got to realize that. So many times we want to know what God is, God's will is and to discern what His will is, it may look like all glitter and gold and all that. And it may have all the things that may attract us. But that doesn't mean we should go ahead with it. That's why we have to discern what God's will is. Now over the years I've given a, 
a pretty basic formula on how you discern God's will. And I'll go ahead and lay it out now for case you haven't heard it. There's three things, if you want to know God's will, three things have to be there. If one of them's missing, you back away. Number one, is it biblical? God will never lead you into anything that is unbiblical. I remember when I was in Bible college, a friend of mine, Randy Chestnut, he had a coffee house ministry in Bristol. And he talked to a lot of people. He said, this woman come in one night and said, uh, Randy, can I talk to you a little bit? And he said, yeah. So they sat down there at a table. And she said, uh, I believe the Lord is leading me to divorce my husband. And he said, uh, put the brakes on as he committed adultery. No, 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 no. I just, he just feels feel like we've grown apart and the Lord's telling me divorce. And she, he first he said, that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. That's unbiblical. That's not what the Bible tells us. So right away, he, I mean, that pretty much killed the conversation. So if you're being led to something that's contrary to the Bible, immediately it's not the Lord. He does not contradict his word. In fact, God's word says, God cannot lie. Neither does he tempt anyone. So is it biblical? Secondly, does it stay on your mind? I know Dad used to tell me all the time, he says, Vic, you've got more ideals and the dog's got fleas. And I can't. I get so excited about something today, an idea or something I'm looking at, and I think this is the greatest thing since Cracker Jack. This, this best thing is a sliced bread. I can't wait to get this implemented. And uh, fortunately, Linda's, one who, she, she likes to ride the brake pedal on my ideals. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Because if I can convince her, then I know it's got to be a good idea. But if she starts throwing up, well, what about this, what about this, and I can't answer it, I think maybe I ought to punk on this a little bit longer. <laughs> so, you know, and, and then like, if it's a week later, a month later, it's still on your mind. You still have this overwhelming feeling. That's number two. Biblical, does it stay on your mind? And third, and this is a tough one, do you have a deep peace about it? Now that's hard. Do you have a deep peace about it? And I'll tell you why. Because, for, take for example, uh, Doug, you, you, you're thinking about changing jobs. You know you got a secure job, you're making a decent income or a great income, whatever, but you see perhaps an opportunity over here. And you're thinking about doing that, and it's scaring the daylights out. And that's normal. Doesn't mean you don't have a deep peace about it. The gentleman that I counseled about a week ago, he was telling me that uh, perhaps he's being led by the Lord in a way to serve the Lord. He said he hadn't mentioned it to nobody. Uh, I said, you know what you need to do? I said, there's a, a place up here called is High Pastures, where we used to go every now and then. I said, you can go up there and you can rent one of the little cabins Another place. What was that other place up that direction? Remember the name? It had the chalets and everything. And there are different places like that. Or you may just have some place to go. But if you really want to discern God's will on a decision or something, take time to be alone with God and fast and pray. A lot of people are ignorant about the reason for fasting. They'll think, oh, I... I want to buy this house and I'm going to fast and that'll twist God's arm to give it to me. <laughs> That's not what fasting is about. You can't make God do anything. Fasting means you want to be alone, not because of what you want, what you desire, what you pursue, but you want to know what God's will is. 
Now people, they'll fast in different ways. Some people say, I won't eat for the next 48 hours or I will drink. Yeah, that's between you and God. There's no set rule that you, but you, you, you're, you're denying yourself of things that may dull your senses that you can spend time in prayer to hear the voice of God. That doesn't mean it'd be an audible voice. In 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, 7 to 11, we see where Elijah, Elijah, he was pity in the pity party. He wanted to die. He sounded suicidal. And he, he said, I have, uh, I have fought for you, Lord. Nobody else has fought for you. And God said, oh, no, you're wrong. There's 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And uh, he, God sent him to a cave to spend time in prayer. And there was a big storm. There was an earthquake. But he still didn't feel any leading. He went outside of that cave and all of a sudden he said there was a still, small voice. A still, small voice. And he knew that was the voice of God. We can be anxious about a lot of things. But if you really want to know what God's will, if you want to really... God's Word tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, that there is literally a gift of discernment. You can't go on face value on anything in decisions you make. Remember, the devil himself will appear as an angel of light. And so many times we get in a hurry and we don't ask God, do we? There are things that we will make a major decision on that this past week, I'll give you an example. I, uh, this is going to shock you, Bernie. I saw on the internet this unbelievable price for a pair of boots. That ain't them, I've had them yet. They were really neat, I'm really neat boots for $58. I ain't never bought a pair of nice boots for $58. Maybe $158. And man, they had a picture of them, they looked good. And, so I started typing in my information. I thought, dang, what a deal. Always remember this. Anything too good to be true? Too good to be true. <laughs> to be true. But not when you have a boot finish. <laughs> and so I went ahead and ordered. And everything in me kept saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't get that information out there. Don't do it. Think. Then it really kept saying, I told you not to do it. I told you not to do it. So I tucked my credit card on the back. It says where well, you can call me and find out what the last, last charge is. And the lady answered. She said, your card has been used in a mass something. She said, I'm going to kill that card and send you another one. I thought, I wish I'd listen. Don't be, don't be carried away, people, by pretty boots. Whether there's somebody in them or they're just on the ship. You can get in trouble either way. So I knew I went against what I was feeling. Anybody ever done that? You know. When you look back, you know, I should have listened to that still small voice. We bought uh, we had a band we wore out here at the church didn't we? And I owned a Beauville, Chevy Beauville band. We wore it out. We were gonna go see about trading it. And we went up there to Bristol, Wild Bill Gap. And we went up there to Bristol, and we literally prayed that we'd get to the dealership before it died. <laughs> That's how bad it was. It was one of those deals where you wanted to be, uh, 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 Ken. <laughs> I'm sure you've had people cut the engine off and just roll into your lot, didn't you? That's about the way we felt. And we got up there, and uh, somebody told us, 
Oh, you want one of these Zuzu Troopers. You want a Zuzu Trooper. That's what you want. And so we looked at one and they offered us a deal and we were pretty desperate. Don't make a decision because you're desperate. And uh, we said, okay, we'll take this one. And they went back there and the salesman come back. This is no joke now. Salesman come back. He had this funny look on his face. He said, I wrecked it. <laughs> you, you did what? He had a telephone pole in the parking lot with him. <laughs> he had a telephone pole in the parking lot. That should have been right then. It's like God is saying, hey, hey, I've been trying to tell you. What do we say? You got another? <laughs> and maybe. And we got in it, and I promise you, by the time we left Chris and got back home, I knew I'd made the worst car buy in my life. That thing was a piece of crap. You could shut the door and it sounded like a tin can. Cling! It was, it was the worst. I'm never so happy to unload. Didn't I trade that to you, Ken, for something? I thought so. <laughs> you don't still have it, do you? Good. Oh, that. Being desperate is a bad, dangerous time to make a decision. Desperate time. God's word says, wait. Wait, therefore, I say on the Lord. And that may mean some prayer and fasting. And it's hard to do. I wasn't blowing smoke on these politicians. I really don't know. <coughs> they all sound like crooks to me. Uh, one of them, I know real well. <laughs> I want to go ahead and tell you this story. Because it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He came to me, one of these guys running for Congress. He came to me and he said, uh, Vic, I know this little black church over in Kingsport. And they need some sound equipment. They don't have any money. They're going to have a conference. And uh, they need some sound equipment. I said, great. You give them anything we have here and tell them if they need anything else, just let me know. And we'll be happy to supply it to them. Well, I got a call from that little black church sometime later. And they said, we're getting ready to do another event. Wondering if we could rent your equipment again. I said, beg your pardon? He said, yeah, you gave us such a good deal. We wondered if we could rent it again. So I got in touch with this caring fellow and I chewed him up one side and I said, you were giving me this sad story to help this church, which I was glad to do, and you made money off of it. Yeah, I did. I didn't see the harm in it. I said, you're a liar. You're a sorry liar. And he was. So that's one of the people. I don't know who it is running for Congress. <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. But, uh, and the other one, my brother-in-law went to school with, and uh, bad crook. <laughs> bad crook. So those are just two I know. And the rest of them, I don't think I trust in the hen house with a muzzle on. You like the one where the wife speaks for him, don't you? I, that's the one <laughs> yeah, I can't stand. That one cat, his wife tells about how many generations she had lived in this area and what a great woman, and she would tell him what to vote for. And then his daughters call him a girl dad. He's the greatest girl dad. But my daughter come up and said, you're such a girly dad, I'd slap it. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like it anyway. 
And he's never talked for himself. It's always something that some woman owns a restaurant still how great he is. I'm thinking, does he not have any man friends at all? Like, you know, you see, you see all these things, and you think, good gravy is anybody out there that really that you could trust. So only thing I know to do to tell you is what I'm going to do. Now, when it comes to presidential election, I have no doubt who I'm voting for. I mean, I'll ask the Lord. But <laughs> I'll ask, in case anybody's wondering, I don't have it in my back pocket, but I do have it. Is that camera on? Can you see that right there on my mask? Yep. So, all I'm telling you, if you vote for the other guy, you want Alzheimer's patients. That's all I'm going to tell you. I always just want to know what God's will is. And let me tell you something. When you read in Jeremiah chapter 23, God's word tells us that there are many pastors and preachers. I had a conversation this week with a friend of mine I had spoke to years. We graduated from college together. He just retired from a church. He pastored for a number of years himself. And he's with the PCA, which is the Presbyterian Church of America. And they're very, very conservative. Or at least they were that I knew. Extremely conservative. You know anything about Bob Jones? They were a lot of their pastors were graduate of Bob Jones University or Columbia. He said, have you heard of the Revoice Movement? I said, what? He said, this is what's going on in our denomination is the Revoice Movement. He said, Google it. Well, I don't know how to Google, so I Yahoo it. And uh, I just thought, no, I don't ever Google, but I ain't gonna Google. And uh, so I Yahoo it. And uh, Revoice, R-E-V-O-I-C-E. -E. Here is a conservative, super conservative group. And they started listening to, we need to reevaluate those who are in the homosexual community. That there are Christians that, that we need to realize that perhaps we need to look at scripture again. Let me tell you something. God's word says it's an abomination. You don't need to keep staring at it. You don't need to try to rewrite it. But here's even a super conservative group who are now, they have advocates in there to receive as membership, to perhaps even place in the, in the ministry, homosexuals. I would never thought in a million years they would even consider such a thing. But God's word says in the last days, in fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says there will be those who will slip into houses and, and take captive silly women who are laden with desires, ever learning, but never able to come to the truth. The Bible is the truth. If you have your Bibles, will you turn to Matthew chapter 7? Matthew, watch the time for me. I'll get on. I'm preaching over here. Isn't it? Sometimes I don't know when to quit. In Matthew chapter 7, hold on, I just about licked my fingers, and that would be bad this time of year. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit you shall know them. 
Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So God's word warns us, there's many pastors out there. There's many Bible teachers. There's many YouTube evangelists. God's word said, try the spirit to see whether they be of God. Look at the fruit in their life. Now, you're not going to find a perfect pastor. But if you see one that you know uh, uh, has a relationship with God, is spending time in prayer, is preaching the word of God, not compromising with the world, then you listen to what that man or woman's got to say. And I say woman in the sense of not as a pastor, but as a teacher. There are, and just like I always told you here, don't take my word for nothing. I've told you this many, 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 many times over the years. Don't take my word. If I tell you something, you check it out. You Yahoo, and if you really feel like it, Google. <laughs> I find that funny. I don't know why I find that funny. But uh, check it out. Look it up. As like my buddy said, look it up. Look, look up where it says Revoice Movement. And I was shocked. That conservative groups, even the Southern Baptist leader of the Southern Baptist, uh, uh, Southern ba Dallas Theological Seminary, I spell it, or even entertaining these things. It's obvious we're living in the last days when that's even a consideration. You know, we are not Christians, biblical Christians, Bible believing Christians are not politically correct. They're they're not popular with the the, the masses. In fact, they will hate you, Jesus said. They will hate you because you speak the truth. And if you compromise with the world because you want friends, God help you. God's word tells us so clearly, Hebrews chapter 11, that there were those who wanted friends for, with the world and denied the Lord. But those who are the Lord's have, dis, have believed that it is better to deny the world and serve the Lord. So we're living within the last days. There's no doubt about it. And if you want to call me up and say, Vic, who are you voting for? I'm going to say, I'm waiting on an answer. I'm waiting on an answer. I may just get in there and uh, uh, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a Democrat by his toe. <laughs> if he hollers, do it slow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I may somebody here gets mad at that. I'm sure they don't care. Uh, but I just need <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I try, and I don't always do it 100. percent I try to seek the Lord on many things. If I see somebody walking down the street, just walking down the street, I'll uh, pray, Lord, help them to know You as Lord and Savior. I try to include the Lord in everything I do. But there are those times, you know, all that sparkles is not gold. You know, it could be a nice pair of $58 boots. <laughs> Don't get carried away. You see, we're always fighting, in this life, we're always going to be fighting these battles. They can be so, so subtle. You know, it's just like in dealing with people of the opposite sex. Uh, 
I like what Billy Graham said. He said, a man can't not notice, cannot notice a beautiful woman. When he looks and he sees a beautiful woman, right away in his mind, his mind says, now that's a beautiful woman. There's no sin in that. Billy Graham said, the sin is when you take that second look. That, that's when it turns, turns into lust. I preached that one time where I used to pastor at many years at Liberty. And I said that, and there was a 75-year-old man start, uh, sitting on the front row, and he hollered out, Better make that first look count. <laughs> Did it. Nobody heard a word I said the rest of that time. I should have just closed my Bible and said, Good day. That's all anybody ever remembered that morning. Oh, man, wasn't it? He never mentioned, never mumbled, never said anything. But that morning... He was wide awake when he heard those instructions. <laughs> so be careful. Always ask the Lord. Always ask the Lord. Is it biblical? Does it stay on my mind? Do I have a piece about it? And you're not going to get that just driving down the road. Tell me, Lord. Tell me, Lord. Okay, is it biblical? I don't see anything like that. Does it stay on my mind? Yeah, I've been thinking about it constantly day and night. Do I have a piece about it? Yeah. No, no, get away from all the distraction in the world. You know, so many times God's given us the answer, but we got too much distraction. It's like we, we got satellite TV. We was watching, what was we watching? Oh, um, was it Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune or whatever? And it's become a storm yesterday, as you all know. And all of a sudden, they'd come on, they'd go off. They'd come on and go off, and finally it just went off. That's because there was things that was blocking the reception. Well, what's blocking the reception in your prayer life? That's why you might need to get away and fast and not have any distractions. And if you will be still, if you will be quiet, perhaps, and more likely than not, you will discern the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's stand if you would please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence to thank you for this day. To thank you for the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that each one here, if they do not know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. Father, we know that this is a request that does not have to be prayed over because your word says, all who come unto me, I will no wise cast out. You have said, come unto me, all you that labor in the heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. You shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, Father, I pray that anyone knows you not will yield all that they are to you. For it's in Jesus' name we ask and pray these things. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, my genius playing this invitation, I'm, I'm sorry. Beg to play this invitation. Come to the front, please.
going on this day and time. A lot. Too much. It's almost sensory overload. Uh, as I said before, for Cody DeGroat, friends from 5 to 7, service at 7 o'clock, please keep Russell and family in your prayers. Please keep all those in prayer who are dealing with the personal loss of loved ones. And uh, every day, camera the blessing. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the blessings you give us. Keep us in our going out and coming in and bring us back safely at the point of time. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.